Bonjour mes beautés et bienvenue, hello my beauties and welcome to the Paris Lessons. Merci d'être là, thank you for being here. This is the first episode where I'm going to answer one of your questions. Thank you so much to this lovely listener who also happens to be one of my cherished students who sent in her question in response to the episode about venting. And remember, anyone, whether or not you're my student, is welcome to send me a question about French culture or anything that I share about personal development. Simply email it to me with the subject, the Paris Lessons question. So related to what I said in a recent podcast about venting and how I noticed that it's something that's very prevalent in American culture, but is completely absent in French culture, at least amongst women, this listener asked the following question, how then do French women clearly express to someone when they have offended or hurt them? This is a wonderful question, and actually the answer is an interesting one, and it relies less on what a French woman would say or do, and relies more on the fact that whoever she's going to say this to would be more receptive to such direct communication and might be less offended by it. Something wonderful that I've learned by studying philosophy is that there is a sort of There is a more neutral way, a more understanding, comprehensive, empathetic, whatever you want to call it, way of living with our human emotions, of understanding our human emotions and our human experience that comes from studying philosophy. And if you like my recommendations about articles or books to read in English or in French in that regard, I'd be very happy to give them. One of the things to give them to you, sorry, one of the things that makes culture such a fascinating phenomenon and something that's very hard to it's very actually challenging to take something that's not superficial out of one culture and implant it or drop it into another it's because everything is there are so many different links that are related to one another like this example of it's not just the way that a french woman would communicate more clearly and more directly and probably in a in a faster more immediate way than an anglo-saxon woman might of course i'm generalizing what i'm really talking about is this again i mentioned it in a recent podcast but venting there's no equivalent of this word in french but what i mean is this sort of i guess you could maybe even call it a rant in some cases but when you're really trying to you know get rid of certain emotions or maybe even work something out that's negative with a friend or a family member but actually what you do is you sort of fuel that emotion and you give more life to the situation or the event that's hurt you or bothered you instead of simply calmly getting your thoughts together and finding, you know, boiling your emotional alchemy down to your deepest, simplest truth and sharing that truth with the person, really the only person who's involved in that situation, a person who's disappointed you or who's hurt you. Sometimes people, I get it. I mean, it's not like I've not been in that situation myself. We don't want to talk to the one person we probably should because we might tell ourselves, oh, well, it will create a bigger problem because he or she won't understand or their feelings will be hurt or they won't be upset. We find less of this sort of thinking in French culture. So a French woman 
from what I've noticed, would really boil down her emotional alchemy to a very neutral sort of simple statement. But the person that she's talking to would also be in less of a position or have less of a tendency to take that really, really personally versus if this interaction were happening in Anglo-Saxon culture. So this is actually something that you could talk about with your close friends or your family, maybe creating an opportunity to just communicate with each other more directly and build more of an environment of trust and honestly mutual respect, knowing that the other person can handle your truth and knowing that the other person would actually want to know and be very well served by knowing that they've done something to disappoint you or to hurt you. And also it avoids this creating a, a bigger problem, a secondary problem. Wonderful question. Merci, ma belle. In this week's episode, I want to share with you something really special that came out of my recent road trip with my wonderful girlfriends. Many of you followed along enthusiastically. Thank you so much. It was like you were there with us via Instagram. So we traveled, we did this marvelous loop. It was really a trip of a lifetime from Paris, all by car, from Paris to Lyon. I'd never been to Lyon. We had an amazing dinner there. I highly, highly recommend Le Bouchon des Filles. It was an amazing dinner. It's female-owned, female-run. You know, Lyon is really known for its restaurants. And in that respect, it did not disappoint. Um, Arles, we then drove to Arles, which I'd been to before, but 20 years ago with my parents when I was a student. I loved Arles. I will be, I'll come back to that in a minute. Valencia in Spain. I had been there again years ago as a student. I spent my year after graduating college, I did a, I think it was a six week uh, advanced Spanish program in Madrid. And we took a trip, a student trip to Valencia. And I had a great memory of it, but hadn't been back since. It was so much fun. The market was amazing. I came back with some wonderful, wonderful local products, um, particularly uh, shampoo is made with a local, local product. Um, wonderful soaps. What else did I come back with? Herbal infusions. I'm very into herbal infusions as of late. And, uh, and voila, we just ate wonderful Spanish food, which I love. Many of you who've been with me for a while know that I have a special place in my heart for Spain. I love Barcelona. And I mean, I just, I just love to eat down there. I love tortilla. I love pan con tomate. I love all of the fresh fish. Next, San Sebastian. I had never been there before. It was phenomenal personally and also as, as just a cultural experience. I'll come back to that in a second. La Sauve. This was a very unexpected stop on our trip. We found this wonderful animal therapy farm sanctuary one uh, run by an amazing woman. It was the perfect last night to spend the night out under the stars in the countryside amongst the vines. You know, I'm from Sonoma County, California, so I'm always comfortable in those types of settings. And it was so lovely to be with these beautiful, beautiful animals. We, you know, my friends love to enjoy food. We, if you've taken my living with food, the French way course, we were absolutely applying my rule of if it's something that you cannot get easily where you live, 
enjoy guilt-free. And we absolutely did that every day. And also the special thing about doing all of this by car, well, it was twofold. We spent so much time in the car together listening to music and podcasts and just and just, you know, getting to know each other even more, but also seeing the places in between, seeing the places in between. Um, it's really wonderful to see how the topography changes, how the trees change and to feel how the climate changes instead of, you know, just going from one place to another in a plane. It was, um, it was very calming and it just gave me this really wonderful sense of this amazing country that I live in and beautiful Spain, at least the northern part that I love so much. I've actually driven quite a bit through those areas on past trips, um, but it was it's always wonderful to be there, especially, you know, driving through northern Spain. At one point I was driving and the winds were so strong and I don't know if any of you have seen Volver by Almodovar, that wonderful film with Penelope Cruz. And the wind is almost like its own character in that movie. So it was so magnificent to experience that. And of course, we had to pack very light because we were constantly on the move and all of us just in one car. And I've just become such a, a bigger and bigger fan of packing light. It really helps you to be more souple or flexible. And it just makes things easier and honestly it helps you to practice more of a spirit of detachment when it comes to your things and I'll probably do a podcast episode too where I give you some of my packing tips there are some power moves as my friends and I like to call them when it comes to packing to be sure that you're ready for all occasions but above all it's just important to remember that you are so much more than what you're wearing right as those of you who've been in my French confidence course have heard me say before so let me kind of start to wake to uh, make my way back just with some more notes on some of these places before I get into the main message of this particular episode. So San Sebastian totally blew me away. Um, not surprisingly, I felt so at home there because it reminded me a lot of San Francisco. You know, the climate, we ate so well, of course. But what was interesting is I'd constantly heard about San Sebastian as this really, you know, I'd only heard about these, um, you know, really expensive Michelin star restaurants. And I had, I just had a totally different impression of San Sebastian based on social media and based on things, you know, that I'd heard from just from, from people and from magazines that I read and blogs that I read. And San Sebastian is, it's so, it is that, and it's so much more. You can find these wonderful, wonderful, not holes in the wall because that wouldn't be an accurate description, but these places that that local that local citizens go to to have the most wonderful food. I had the best mussels of my life. I had the best ensalada rusa of my life. That's that wonderful salad with the peas and the egg, the boiled egg and the potatoes. Um you know, and none of these were at these, you know, places where we had to make reservations months in advance. I was so lucky to be with my friend who's an amazing chef. So she knew all the places to go to my dear friend, Ruba, who, if you're following me on Instagram, I hope that you're following her too, because I tagged her a lot on the trip. She is definitely, you want to notice where she's eating in Paris and go to those places because 
because she just always knows where to go. I mean, I totally have her to thank for these amazing culinary experiences I had on this road trip. And San Sebastian is also this very charming, um, it's, it's too big to call a village, but it's just so culturally rich and it's so much more than just these world-renowned restaurants that you read about in magazines. We happened upon this wonderful community dance that was happening in the local language. It was just, it was marvelous. Um, Lyon. Lyon was was so special in that, you know, it's it was our first stop heading south and it felt so southern just based on the trees. Also, you know, so many of the balconies are pink there. It started already with that first stop. It really started to feel like we were far from Paris and Arles. So, you know, I've I've actually my well, let me just I was going to save this for another episode, but let me just talk about this right now. The difference between traveling and touring. If anyone out there has sort of had FOMO watching all these like really long or reading about all these really long European vacations and feeling like, you know, maybe doing a quick more American style vacation is 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 not a true vacation or you feel like gosh I wish you know I had more time in these different places let me help you feel better about that because you know my friends and I we were traveling to all these different areas but really what we were doing is touring now what I call touring is when you're making you're staying in a place for a night or two or maybe three some places we were staying in for just a night but that is really Sometimes all that you need to know that you want to go back to a place and spend more time. Sometimes that's all you need to know. That's all you need in order to have that magic moment. That one moment that you have when you're traveling of connection with yourself, of calm. You know, this moment where sort of your life is like this ocean and you're busy and and this sand is just getting churned up again and again and again. And even though you feel like you're too busy to stop and take a break, if you do it, sort of if you stop the waves, so to speak, and you let that sand just fall and you let that water clear and you let that white foam dissipate, that's when you really get that clarity and you can get a sense of what's important to you. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to go on vacation for three weeks in order to feel that. I think that there are many wonderful benefits to touring. You can experience so many different places and then in a short time and then plan for whichever place you want to go back to and spend more time. And for me, that's Arles. I felt so at home in Arles. I am considering of living there. I'm considering living there for a month next summer. I've never lived anywhere where you're sort of living within these city walls and there was just there was just a feeling there for me and that's I can't <laughs> I can't really describe it beyond that. You know, you listening to this, you might not have that same experience that I did in Arles, but I I just loved it. There was something in that city that connected with a part of my soul that uh, that particular part of my soul hasn't felt a connection with anywhere in a long, long time. So it was sort of like, you know, we were just sort of doing, our souls were doing research on this, on this tour. And that's really what I wanted to get across with you, to you is that touring is a wonderful opportunity 
to find the place that you do want to go back to again and again, or the place that you do want to spend more time. Now, Valencia. In Valencia, one of the things that I, one of the reasons that I love to learn other languages is that I love to talk to people in in their own language. I just think you can learn so much about them, about their culture, when you can speak to them in their own language. So my girlfriends and I were, we're walking around. I think we just got, we just had lunch and we were just doing some shopping and I stumbled upon this wonderful jewelry boutique and something pulled me to go inside. And then as soon as I went inside, I knew why. Because in the back, there was a man and there was a woman in their sort of atelier making this jewelry. And there was just such wonderful energy in there. And I'm completely fascinated by the creative process, so that just sort of encouraged me to sort of spend more time in there. Once I understood that this jewelry collection was made by the people who were just sitting there not far from me working, so I'm exploring, and then all of a sudden I stumble upon these cards with these beautiful pastel watercolor backgrounds with these phrases in Spanish. And, uh, you know, there were how many? There were six of us on this trip, Two of my friends kind of just popped in for certain cities and popped out. That's why I had to think about it for a second. But at this particular time, there were six of us. So I start looking at these cards and I'm realizing that it, that some of these, that actually there were, there were messages that I really felt I intuited were intended for each of my friends. So I, I got them, I chatted with the owners, I told them that they were gifts for my friends, they put them in these lovely little packets, we talked about, they asked me where I'm from, I said California, but I live in Paris, of course we started talking about California and the similarities between yeah, California and Spain, particularly Valencia, we talked about music. My friends popped in. One of my Ruba actually popped in at one point. I thought, oh no, I don't want her to see that I'm buying these little presents. And so, and then she said, we'll be up the street. They were going to a vintage uh, shop, actually, where I got those um, the vintage scarf that I posted about on Instagram on my way back from Greece. Gosh, I can't believe all these places I've checked off my list the last couple of weeks. Um, so that was that. And then I caught up with my friends and then I gave them to them the next morning. And one of the messages was, and I'll say it in Spanish and then I'll say it in, I'll translate it for you in English. And it's a way of thinking about fear that I'd never thought I'd never considered before. And it really, it really stayed with me. And I have a feeling that it will stay with you too. Si te da miedo. If it scares you, hazlo, do it, y hazlo con miedo, and do it with fear. And those of you who are, who are Spanish speakers, you can absolutely appreciate, I hope, my, my French accent when I speak Spanish now. I don't know when that happened, but that happened at some point in the last couple of years. So if something scares you, do it and do it with fear. I love this because this is sort of the equivalent of the phrase that we have um, in English. I think it was the title of of a book years ago, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. But I love this concept of do it with fear because sometimes I've noticed this in myself and then, you know, my girlfriends and I talked about this after, you know, when, when I gave my, one of my friends this particular 
quo and she's about to start a wonderful new project. And, um, you know, I remember how I've felt starting new projects in the past, how we've all felt. And sometimes I think it's easy to become superstitious and maybe have thoughts like, well, if I'm scared, that must mean I'm not ready. Or maybe if I'm scared, that means I'm not meant to do this. Well, what if you're scared only because there's a lot at stake for you personally, because this new project or this next move really has a, a, a hold on your heart? And what if that's all that that means? And what if fear can then be a force that we can work with and move forward with and not something that holds us back and not something that puts us in a superstitious place, but just something that lets us know that what we're doing or that reminds us that what we're doing is very important to us. And instead of this notion of, you know, do it anyway, this notion of do it with fear. Si te da miedo, hazlo y hazlo con miedo. If it scares you, do it and do it with fear. I'll always remember that. And of course, I did, I did pick one. I didn't pick one for myself. I felt that one sort of picked me. It really stood out to me. It's lo que es para ti. Te encuentra. What is for you will find you. Et voilà, mes beautés. Merci d'être là. And there you go, my beauties. Thank you for being here. Je vous souhaite une très belle journée. I wish you a very beautiful day.